This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the new movie, Apple Pie. In a world where Zach Johnson only eats apple pie. Hey, Zach, do you want some meatloaf? No! Hey, Zach, I just made some stew. Do you want some stew? No, I don't want that. Uh, hey, Zach, I, I have some apple pie. I don't know if Whoa, you would want that. Oh, I want that! <laughs> one man, one meal, one serious case of diabetes. In theaters everywhere November 1st. We got a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it, plain and simple. And I don't want to hear anything about, I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires. But I believe in my own two eyes. And what I saw is fucking vampires. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast. The only podcast that lets Selma Hayek pour liquor down her leg from her foot into their mouths. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And, and I wish I was that fun. Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I remember <laughs> I showed Jess like this for the first time when I was doing it. Yeah. And I was like, Jess, you, you got to stick around. You for, at like, least need to see this one scene. This, <laughs> is, this is the most famous scene out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knows this scene. Yeah. And God, Selma Hayek is just whew, incredible. Woo. <laughs> Um, so, uh, today we're doing From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, in my opinion, my, one of my favorite Robert Rodriguez films ever. Um, yeah. Tarantino wrote it, so, like, I mm-hmm. guess Robert Rodriguez, like, was trying to write it, and then, I don't know if he didn't feel, like, he could good enough mm-hmm. to, like, really, like, make this thing come to, like, f- to, like, true fruition or what, but he, he ended up, like, asking Tarantino, like, hey, can you, like, help out and, like, finish writing this? So, Tarantino ended up writing the script for the movie, Robert Rodriguez directed it. Tarantino was is is an actor in it. It's like one of the very rare times that you actually get to see like Tarantino play like a legit role. Yeah, because most of the time like he'll be in like a lot of like his films. Well, he's he's always in his own movies, but yeah. it's always just like little tiny parts, whatever it is. Like you know, yeah, like, but, like Mr. Brown or like from um, Django, he was like the KKK member. Yeah, like, something small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this one, he is like a legitimate character, mm-hmm. um, and he's actually not a terrible actor. No. Like truthfully, you got to believe though that he wrote that whole foot scene. You have to believe that he wrote. Well, um, he did write the movie, so yes. Yeah, <laughs> and he knew that he was going to oh, play yeah. that character. I mean, dude, you could tell <laughs> from the start, like when the. First First, uh, listen, we'll get into yeah. it, but Zach, give us a rundown of who's in it, and then I'll give us what the movie is about. All right, so we have a laundry... It's it's easier, it's... honestly, to be like, who isn't in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, From Dust Till Dawn came out in 1996. Like you said, the screenplay was written by Quentin Tarantino. The actual movie was directed by Robert Rodriguez. You have Quentin Tarantino, who plays Richard Gecko. Mm-hmm. His brother, played by George fucking Clooney. <laughs> George motherfucking Clooney. Mm-hmm. Plays Seth Gecko. Yep. You have Donnie Trejo in this film, even yep. though it's a small role. Yep. He's in it. He plays Razor Charlie. You have Harvey Cattell, who plays Jacob Fuller. His daughter is Juliette Lewis, who plays Kate. His son is Ernest Lee, who plays Scott. And then you have fucking it's so many weird people you in it. Cheech. Like, yeah, you got Cheech who plays three characters. He plays the Border Patrol. He plays Carlos at the end, and he plays Jet Pussy. <laughs> and we he got has, all pussy. <laughs> we got wet pussy, pussy, small pussy. So <laughs> it's oh. so funny. You have Fred Williamson who plays Frost. Yep. You have Salma Hyla who plays Santiago Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tom Savini, who plays Sex Machine, the guy with the fucking cock pistol. Yeah, which is so cool. And the whip. Yeah. 
And that's that's your cast. That's like who, <laughs> that's who you got because man, I couldn't fit any more on the page. <laughs> um, and again, kind of like what I said last week, this movie is actually kind of like two films in one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I I didn't actually watch the trailer, so I don't know how they promoted this movie. But I wonder how many people went into this film thinking that it was like a straight up like crime drama. It and really then, seems like that for and the most then part. Then all of a sudden you get you get hit with this vampire film in the mm-hmm. middle where like nobody was expecting it. And I have to imagine like the audience that I got the unsuspected audience member that was just going there to like, oh, okay, like, let me see like what this movie is. And then they're okay. It's like a crime movie two two bank robbers, you know, hostage situation, whatever. It's like, okay. Th- and it's actually like a very compelling crime story. Mm-hmm. And then it just switches into this vampire film at midpoint and I, I just, I have to imagine that everybody in the theater was just like, what the fuck is going <laughs> like, what, on here? What did I come to see? <laughs> um, which I kind of already gave you the plot, but at its core, you have the two, you have the Gecko brothers, George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino. They ro- they're, they're robbing a bank um, or they rob a bank and they're on the run and their goal is to get into Mexico and they're mm-hmm. in Texas and they're trying to get across the Mexican border, meet at this bar to meet this guy who is going to like kind of get them out and free them and whatnot. Um, and in the middle of it, they end up getting a couple more hostages. They get, they go across the border with them. They find themselves at this bar called the titty twister. Yep. And uh, the bar is housed by vampires. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, you don't know that this is a normal bar. seems a biker bar. Uh, and then it turns into this really awesome fucking vampire film. And the practical effects of this movie are incredible. Yes, um, there is a lot of things that like are a little dated. Some, some of it, but like, I, I, overall, I think this movie absolutely holds up. You don't? I think certain things do not hold. I up. think that for the most part, the entire. I think that like because they do like this really kind of like interesting, cool CG mix with practical effects. Yeah, and I think that it holds up much better than if it would have went just CG. Well, that's why, like the. The practical effects, I will agree with you on, like fantastic, still holds up. The CGI stuff does not. It looks it looks pretty bad. Specifically when Pandemonium like turns into like the snake vampire-ish looking mm-hmm. and like it just quickly changes. Not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um the bats, when they show them, yeah. you can obviously tell. Yeah. But overall, other than that, I think like this I, I will agree with you that this movie does hold up. Yeah. I think this movie holds up. Absolutely. Um, but so before we get into it, I guess we should talk about like the crime aspect of this movie first, because that's kind of like where, what you're led to believe that this movie is actually about. Yeah. And honestly, man, I've seen this movie like maybe four or five times beforehand. Yeah. I don't feel like I've ever actually watched the full movie. Oh, really? Because like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I know about the Gecko brothers, like doing all their shit beforehand to try and get into Mexico. Mm hmm. But I'm like, wow, this is like a good half of the movie like while watching it. Yeah. And I started to think to myself, I'm like, is this the oh, same movie that I'm thinking? <laughs> well, I, I thought that at one point. And then I was also like, wait a second. I think I've only ever seen this movie when they get to the titty twister. Oh. So I, I always just assume that like that's pretty much where the movie begins. Got you. So to see like from start to finish. Yeah. To see like the beginning of like World of Liquor, like where they're at yeah. in the beginning. Absolutely love that scene. Isn't it awesome? I think it's such an amazing scene, and I think the chemistry between Tarantino and George Clooney in yeah. it 
is fantastic. And just like with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, this is another movie where I can be like, okay, I haven't seen a lot of George Clooney, but, but I understand <laughs> why he was the man. Yeah, yeah. So I get it now. Yeah. Um, the opening shot is great. It's actually the same sheriff from fucking Kill Bill. Yes. Um, and he gets his fucking head blown off mm-hmm. in this one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he does. He like, does. Straight up. Um, but, you know, like, I love the intro to these characters mm-hmm. because, you know, like, the unsuspecting... When George Clooney just shows up after the after the sheriff is talking to the guy who's, like, running the convenience store, and... And, like, it's just a very casual conversation. They're talking, blah, 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 blah. And then George Clooney shows up with the hostages and the gun in his hand. He's like, oh, my God, wait a minute. Where the fuck? How did we get here all of a sudden? And then Tarantino shows up. And Tarantino's character is really fucking sick. Yeah. So this was a thing, too, where the first opening shot, like, with World of Liquor, they're they're very charismatic. They, They click very well. Especially, too, like, when they're leaving, it's like, oh, bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, how's my hand? Thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. And then it really switches, and it, it it's almost weird because, like, that first scene doesn't match later on in the film of how they are as brothers. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, you're kind of led to believe that, like, they're both on the same page, much of, like, a uh, hell or high water yeah. type situation. Like, the brothers are, like, yeah. really clicking. And then later on, it becomes more of, like, okay, Tarantino's character of Richie is super sick and Seth is just kind of like almost watching over him and he's watching over him yeah he's more of like the caretaker his bodyguard yeah like like Rich is Richie is like this he's he's like a a wild like you know firecracker like you don't know like if you say something wrong to him he kind of just starts going on like these long rants and he gets like very like angry and, and, and you can't like shut him up. Yeah. Very reminiscent to like the brothers in face off. Like yeah. Nicholas Cage. And, right. Like, his right, brother. right. Right. Yeah. They just like, he's just, but he's like really sick because yeah. he's, he's a, they say that he's like a sex offender. Um, and I mean, when <laughs> it's not like funny to like, it's not funny, but it is funny mm-hmm. when, when he's like imagining um, the daughter, Harvey oh, Keitel's yeah, daughter, saying, to like you know eat my pussy and, yes. and all that, and then and then they're sitting in the RV, and then he's just like, hey, uh, do you want me to like do that like that thing that you mentioned back at the hotel? Like, do do you want me to do that? Mm. And she's just like, what are you talking about? And he's like, y- you know, like back at the hotel, you said like you know that thing. Like, I- I'll gladly do that for yeah. you if you want to. And she just has no idea what he's talking about because it's all like in his head. Yeah, and then Seth is like, "Hey, no talking." Yeah, and yeah he's yeah. like, "We'll talk. Later. We'll talk later." <laughs> like it's like it's kind of funny, but it's also like, "Oh my god, this is what he's like, a actual... sick fucking guy." Yeah, and it's like this is maybe like how the mindset is for like some people that have exactly like, and everything and, like and Tarantino this. or you know Richie's um, character of like when when Seth leaves. Mm-hmm. And he goes to like get some burgers and stuff for them, and they have that 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 hostage. Did you notice that they're big Kahuna burgers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really cool yeah. like little splice of like the <laughs> yeah. genres. Um, when when he like leaves and he comes back and he's like you know because like the, the, Seth like one of Seth's like fa- like famous lines in this film is like you have my word like if you do what, if you do what I say you won't you'll make it out of this alive you have my word mm-hmm. and everybody that he tells that ends up dying. Yeah, and mostly because of Richie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when, when he leaves and, and, and then, you know, uh, Seth comes back and, and he's like, you know, what happened, you know, where is she? And he's like, oh, she's like just in there. 
and and he's and he opens the door and you have that one of one of my favorite scenes is when when Seth is looking in the room and they don't show you and he just like stops and he's like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah and then you have like the flashes of like mm-hmm. the blood on the wall and they're really really quick in frame like like if you blink you'll miss them and these flashes of of the body and and just Seth trying to process you know, yeah. like what could, like, why did you do this? Why did this happen? And Quentin or, you know, Richie is always like, you know, she started, she started acting crazy. You, and you know, for a fact that she wasn't acting crazy, no. you know, that he just went crazy. Yeah, he goes nuts. And like the same deal with the, the, the guy who's running the convenience store. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he, he's just lying to his brother. He's like, I saw him like melt, like mouth the words of the sheriff, like help us. He's like, you know, he's like, uh, no, I didn't. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you did. I saw him do it. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, he's just, he's, he's not he's like mentally unstable, very mentally unstable. And I, I almost, I would love like a continuation of like before. Well, they have like the TV show. I don't know. Like it, I, I didn't check it out. I don't know. I didn't check it, it out either. Yeah. I don't know if it follows like the Gecko Brothers like yeah. early on before all of this mm-hmm. or like what, like if it follows like afterwards, I have no idea. I, I just, I. Well, it can't be afterwards because. Yeah. There's also dead. a second movie, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, eh, no, I, I no. don't, I don't know. No, you don't. You don't, you don't <laughs> no, just don't no, want to check it out. Okay. And yeah. And I think that from Dustled on the TV show is like very much like, you know, about vampires and stuff mm-hmm. which doesn't really line up because they don't they don't get to the vampires until they go to Mexico. Yeah, so, so like if it's tra- if you're trying to make it like before the movie and like you're going okay like hey this is like earlier like when they were younger mm-hmm. it doesn't it wouldn't really match up with like the vampires because they never they they make it very clear like we don't believe in vampires but I believe what I fucking see with my eyes yeah. and these are fucking vampires. So that happens at the bar in Mexico, mm-hmm. and then Rich, and then obviously like you know Richie dies and all that. So like it just doesn't make you know it wouldn't make sense timeline wise. Yeah, almost like what they did with like the preacher TV show because like which for, I actually just started like oh, yesterday, really? and I'm like I, I watched the first episode and I was like I'm not really into it. No, <laughs> I I said the same thing because um, a little sidetrack, but like Seth Rogen is like a huge huge fan of preacher, and like yeah. he was working so hard to get it on like HBO where like he could do like everything that's in the the series graphic novel yeah. yeah and he he didn't end up getting it so he like settled on like amc and amc has like a lot of control of like right. you know how graphic they can be yeah so it really sucked because i found out that the whole first season was just going to be about like jesse like beforehand before the comic right and then they were going to leave you off on like the season finale with like okay here's where like it starts mm-hmm. and then it's going to go off like from kind of the comics because they had to do like loosely basing yeah so i i just yeah i I saw i saw um i can't remember his name at this point but the guy the the vampire the scottish Mm -hmm. vampire yeah yeah, i saw how they made him look like the actor that chose and i was like nope not it like but the guy that they picked for jesse it looks pretty good i like him a lot because he's done like a couple other things and i'm like yep i can see it yeah he looks pretty good he plays um uh tony stark's dad in the marvel series oh i didn't know that Anyway, back from, yeah. from Dust of Dawn. <laughs> from, yeah. The thing that um, we're actually Yeah, so about. a very, very, very compelling, uh, like, brother's crime spree, like, film. Mm-hmm. And, like, I remember I remember I showed this movie to my sister, and, and when the vampire shit happens, my sister was like, man, like, uh, like I'm kind of disappointed because she was like, I was actually, like, really into, like, this, like, their story. Mm-hmm. Like, I was kind of, like, 
and like that just tells you like how good of like a writer Tarantino is to like make such a compelling story in the beginning which because like at the end of the day like the bread and butter of this film is once they get to the bar yeah. and the vampires but you could you can tell that Tarantino doesn't skimp on the intro and and how like he, you know, he still like is making this a very very compelling movie mm-hmm. from the start and it's weird too because it's like this is an hour and 45 minute long film and to flush everything out like that yeah usually Tarantino films are like two and a half hours yeah. three hours to like flush everything out yeah so like it's crazy that he was able to do this in such a shorter time yeah i fucking love this movie <laughs> it, it is really great i mean once you get to the titty twister yeah everything starts going awry and like at that point you have like a, a somewhat compelling story of jacob like harvey Cattell's character mm-hmm. where it's like he was a pastor and like he just does not believe in god really anymore after his wife died yeah like, he has, like, that really cool line, too, where it's, like, the daughter asks, like, don't you believe in God anymore? And he says, not enough to be a pastor. Yeah. And from that, like, you can just get, like, an idea of, like, who he is and, mm-hmm. like, why he's doing this. And, like, you know, to take his son and his daughter, like, down to Mexico and then kind of, like, just start a new life. Yeah. After, like, their their mother died. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, his whole thing. And then when they actually get to the titty twister and he kind of becomes, like, this almost, like, immovable object meets the irresistible force between like Seth and him where it's like they're just butting heads constantly yeah where when they're taking the tequila shots it's like no she ain't taking tequila shots he's like yeah she is (laughs) and she does yeah she does (laughs) and then she immediately turns from like Christian girl to like woo let's party (laughs) but you know what that's so true like that really happens exactly Uh, because you get that taste and then you're like boom Um, but yeah man so we gotta talk about the infamous uh, Selma Hayek Mm-hmm. Fucking lap dance dance. Oh, it is fantastically Dude, it's, directed. It's so well shot. It is. Selma Hayek's body is <laughs> <laughs> perfection. Like, like literally perfection. Uh and when she comes out with that snake. Because mm. like listen, I honestly feel like this role must have made her feel extremely powerful. Because the way that they introduce her where mm-hmm. like it's like oh like the, the like everything's going crazy the strippers are everywhere there's women, there's topless women dancing whatever everyone's just having a good time and then when her character introduced everybody shuts the fuck up everybody sits down and she gets a grand intro by Danny Dreho's character and you know and he's and he's like introducing her and when she comes out you have you know she comes out and it's just silent mm-hmm. and then the snake comes out and then the the guitarist, the guy who's like in the band, starts playing the music for her, and it's just like a whatever, like I don't know how long it is. It may it might be like a two and a half, three minute long sequence because it's actually pretty long. It's not like a quick scene at all. No, it's like, like the full song. Yeah, basically. it's like a legitimate like three you know three minute like sequence of mm-hmm. her just dancing. And again, like it, I feel like it was a very empowering like role for her to play because it just it feels like a powerful woman yeah. on the stage, and. When she starts walking and dancing and picks up the, when she goes in front of Richie and, and picks up the, um you know, the, 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 beer. the, the or whatever it is, like the bottle of alcohol and starts like 
running it down her leg and puts her puts her foot in his mouth. Tarantino must have just been in fucking heaven. Yeah, because like, he, like, he he has a massive foot fetish, and that's why I said in the beginning is like he absolutely wrote this role and this scene just knowing that he was gonna play. He's like, he's like Selma Hayek. Yeah, no, I'm gonna put her foot in my mouth. <laughs> Who can we get to put a foot in my mouth? That's what I want. <laughs> and he had that too with Inglorious Bastards, didn't he? Um, he had like some kind of like foot thing going on with like um the one girl who had the cast on. Yeah, the actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, fucking yeah. Kill Bill, Beatrix is like wiggle your big toe, and yeah. she's like moving her feet around. There's <laughs> a, a lot of yeah. <laughs> fucking death proof. It's all foot. Yeah, he likes uh, toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, I mean, Tarantino must have been in fucking heaven mm-hmm. when she puts when she puts her foot in his mouth and runs the alcohol down it. I mean, and it's crazy too because it's like for this. Again, horror slash action film, you have this scene that like just lives on like so famously from the film. Yeah. Like for people that have never seen From Dust Till Dawn, they know this scene. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when we officially get into like the vampire part of this fucking movie, man, did I you mean, get it's like, a blast. Did you get like Call of Duty like zombie team up type situation from it because i definitely did like when you have i don't like, know what you mean by that when like sex machine has like the whip and like frost has like the pencil and then you have like uh seth with the gun and then jacob like just ready to fight Is like that... you have that one shot and it's just like oh look here's the team up yeah oh okay i kind of see what you mean i guess yeah yeah i mean it's definitely like a classic like what you know what feels like a fucking classic like we're all re- we're all, we're all uniting like and, mm-hmm. and, and we're gonna kick some ass yeah. and they do, but I it's think- and it's also like listen in my opinion the the vampires the for the practical effects the vampires look incredible yes I think they still hold up there's a lot of diversity with there's it so much right because like not every single vampire looks exactly no the same. exactly they they all look very different they all have like their own unique like thing about them when the band turns into vampires and they're playing with dead bodies oh it's so like, cool there's so much detail in this movie when it comes to like the horror aspect it's fucking amazing. I'll agree with you on that. And there's a lot of, like, jump scares, too, like, throughout this film. Like, not something, like, nowadays where it's like, ah, shit, like, it's the jump scare. That's the entire movie. Yeah. But when you have, like, the character Sex Machine who gets bit and it's really kind of almost funny how, like, he's kind of thinking in his head, like, eat their blood, eat their blood. And he's, like, trying to stop himself. Uh Uh-huh. And then he just pops out from behind and, yeah. like, bites Frost on the neck. Yeah. Like, that was really you cool. You know, the thing... So, like, I, I think it's kind of, like, important, like, for at least for me, like, I don't actually hate jump scares in horror films. Mm-hmm. I hate false jump scares. Okay. That's really where... That's really, like, where, where, like, a horror film, like, annoys me. Like, when it's, you know, someone creeping around, like, whatever, like, they hear a noise or whatever, and then it's just, like, a cat that, mm-hmm. like, jumps out. That frustrates me. But, like, if you give me, like a jump scare that is actually supposed to be scary. Mm -hmm. Like this character or whatever, the demon, the ghost or whatever is actually there and pops out. And it's not like, you know, it doesn't feel like a waste. I don't hate that. Yeah. I mean, specifically there's a movie, the woman in black with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like when I went to go see it in theaters, literally like within the first like 15 minutes, there's two false jump scares back to back. It's the fucking worst. Like he goes in and like the faucet goes and he's like, oh fuck, what is that? And then literally right afterwards, a crow like hits the window and it's like, what the fuck is that? I agree with you. Like I, I, 
I don't like false jump scares. I also don't like horror movies that rely on jump on scares. Jump scares as yeah. like their entire basis. Mm-hmm. Like Paranormal Activity. Right. Like the last five minutes is the bread and butter of the film. Yeah. The rest of it is just jump scares. Yeah. It's like that doesn't make for horror. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not uneasy the entire time. I don't I'm just remember annoyed. The first, is the first Paranormal Activity like like that too? Is it all fake jump scares? Pretty I don't. Much. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, once you get to like. The second and third, I think that's where it's like, oh, look at all like this actual horror. Yeah. But, I mean, the first one is all just jump scares. And yeah. I mean, like for its time, it was great because it was like, oh, look at the found footage stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, it was when found like footage the rekindling was like, of that. Yeah. yeah. Like that was when it was like big. Yeah. You know, like because Blair Witch Project was like the biggest thing for right. the time. Yeah. So. You know, I actually don't really love the Blair Witch Project. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It is what it is. Again, it's like the last five minutes is like cool, and then the rest of the movie is just kind of boring. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think where that one had like its its peak was that it was one of the first found footage films. It was so it was like, oh my god, and this is actually yeah, right. Real. And I mean, they had like a great campaign of like going on the website and like missing people, and they and they hired actors who've like never done any other work really before that, so like nobody knew who these people were, so it seemed genuine. Yeah, yeah. For sure, like the, the like the fucking um, marketing for that for the Blair Witch Project was the best. Yeah, but you can't do that really anymore. No, but again, with like from dusk till dawn, the few jump scares that it does have actually pay off really. Oh well. yeah, yeah. And I think that was like a really cool thing. Um, the practical effects of like how the vampires look are really cool. Great. Even so, when um when sex machine gets his head cut off and like he turns into that giant rat. Yeah. Terrifying. It looks fucking, yeah. And it's, and it's it like, looks what great. The f- I was like, what the fuck? Like this doesn't yeah. make sense, but it's so scary looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, again, like they really have fun with the horror. Like you get the goods in this film when it mm-hmm. comes to horror. Like there are really some things in this movie that are genuinely scary. The gore like, the at gore, the very end. Yeah. Really scary stuff. Um, how, again, like how the vampires look are genuinely freaky the the few you know jump scares that you get are like and actually pay off mm-hmm. like you know like there are actually some really good horror elements in this movie but they also have a lot of fun with it yeah and like you know like when when uh what's his name pulls the beating heart oh yeah out frost of, yeah i was like damn he look pulls at it you. out it's like cool right and then but then like they add like this little thing where it's like wait a minute vampires die from like a wooden stake in the heart so what's his name finds like a little like number two pencil yeah and they just stab stab him in the heart and then he dies and it's like hysterical yeah because like what what you were saying earlier about like that all of them like getting together Mm -hmm. and like teaming up you have like you know whoever they like what's his name has the whip um so and so has whatever like they all have like their own weapons and then you have frost which is like his fucking number two pencil and it's just like hysterical you know Mm -hmm. but they they have a really like they they just have so much fun with this film yeah i like to like when jacob like later on he gets like the wooden baseball bat and the shotgun and makeshifts his own like cross shotgun and i was thinking to myself i was like cool idea I don't think that's how that works for vampires. I, I think it would work. <laughs> I like to believe that it would Here's work. Here's a cross. The bullets are holy now. <laughs> I mean, it works, though, because, like, once they get, like, the super weapons, they makeshift their own stuff. And that's really awesome, right? Seth making, like, that, like, the jackhammer steak yeah. is, like, the coolest <laughs> thing in the entire movie to me. Yeah. It's really good. And then, like, it's also, like, smart. Like, yeah. like uh, making the water holy water and yeah. then having, like, fucking, fucking. Scott, yeah. Like, he, he just with has, like, a water, water gun. gun. And, yeah, and I mean, like, when he hits him with the water, they explode and, or, and, you know, whatever. Or, like, when he has, like, the water balloon and he actually, when he, uh, when he hits, I think, is it his dad? I think he hits his yeah. dad over the head with it. Yeah, because Jacob it, gets bit. And like half of his face is like falling off now mm-hmm. because of the holy water. I mean, it's done very, very well. Yeah, I mean, 
Even so, too, like, Kate, she got, like, the best weapon out of all, like, that pump-action crossbow. You like that? I was just like, uh, wow, you found an actual weapon <laughs> that could like, work for this. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, and, and then I love the ending when they get surrounded mm-hmm. and they and they and the sun starts coming up and they realize that all the holes in the uh, from all the bullets and everything that's been flying around, the, the sunlight starts peeking through and the vampires like can't really like they're trying to get to them and they just really can't because they're surrounded by all these rays of sun. And I thought that was really like a smart like yeah. way to do it. You know, it was, um, I don't love the movie, but um, that one with Will Smith, uh, the vampire Will Smith movie with him and his dog. Oh what was yeah, that movie yeah. called? Um, I can't remember the name of that, but whatever that movie. Mm-hmm. There's like a really like intense scene where like one of those like vampire dogs are like chasing after him, and he's like laying on the road, I think, and um and like the sun is starting to it's either starting to set or starting to rise. I think it's starting to set. So like it's like right in between like two buildings, and there's like this little line of sunlight that's separating him and the dog, and the dog can't like go past it because it like burns itself. So, like, the dog's just kind of, like, waiting for him to fucking, like, for the sun to go down. It's really intense. Yeah. And, like, these vampires are, like, trying to, like, crawl under these sun rays and, like, trying to figure out a way to, like, get through. And when they're, like, he's, like, just shoot, like, the, you know, shoot, keep shooting, like, holes in the in the, uh, in the the building. And they start shooting all the holes in the building. I mean, it's just, it's really, like, smart. Yeah. You know? And then you get it where it's, like, they open up the door and, like, the sunlight peeks through. Yeah. And all the vampires just explode. Everyone just starts exploding. It, uh, it was just, like... Again, I don't think that's how vampires work, no. but I'm having fun oh, like yeah, watching them sure. explode. This, this is a fun horror film, mm-hmm. like absolutely. Like it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah. Like it knows what it is, you know? And and that's one of my favorite types of like films is when a film is self-aware and knows what it's trying to do, mm-hmm. then it can really just kind of get away with so much because exactly. it's being so self-aware. But then again, this movie is so self-aware, but also has a very compelling intro and, mm-hmm. and, you know, first 45 minutes is like a really compelling like drama. Yeah. And that just has to do to like Tarantino's writing. Per- amazing writing. Um, so, I mean, like this movie's got everything that you want, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that it's such a fun kind of like horror movie to finish out Halloween. Yeah. And I, I love Robert Rodriguez for like what he does. Yeah. He has the weirdest filmography I've ever so known. So strange. Because, like, he'll do stuff like this, but then he'll Spy do Shark Boy and Lava Girl and Spy Kids. Mm-hmm. But then he'll do Grindhouse. And Once Upon a Time, Mexico. Yeah. I mean, so. he's got his, his, his filmography is so strange, but what, his more serious tone stuff that is not, like, aimed towards kids and whatnot, they're, oh, they're usually very, yeah. very good. And I always prefer, when him and Tarantino got together and did the Grindhouse thing, I prefer Planet Terror over uh, Death Proof. Yeah. Oh, like 100%. yeah, Planet Terror is always it's so much. It, it, it's it, so fun yeah. and it's so cool. Yeah, and it's so like this. It's so self aware exactly. of like what it is. Yeah, <laughs> fucking one of my favorite lines from that movie is Josh Brolin when he's like he's like at the hospital mm. and they're like somebody like you know the girl's got like the shotgun leg or yeah. like the the machine gun leg. They're like Josh Brolin like rolls into the hospital and he's like he's like where's her leg and they're like we don't know and he just like looks at the doctor he's like so you're telling me that we have a missing leg that's now gone missing <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so funny I I like in that where it's like the the sex scene and then the film just like dissolves oh yeah, yeah because yeah. it's like oh it's an 80s film yeah. and it would do that every now and again where yeah. it's like it would just burn up and then yeah. you miss the movie I will say though Planet Terror Tarantino has another fucking great lap dance scene mm-hmm. in in planet terror I with, if down in mexico <laughs> oh it's so good um 
Anyway, pl- uh, from dusk till dawn. Yeah, we got sidetracked a lot a with lot, this one, but it's okay. But it, it's such a good film, yeah. and like you said, it's a good way to end off on spooky, scary stuff. I think so. I think it's a very, very fun, uh, fun horror film to to end off the season mm-hmm. of this. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it. Again, if you haven't seen it, please, please watch it. It's so much fun; you won't regret it. You get you got George Clooney, who's, you know, handsome. He's always good looking. Mm-hmm. Got got a crazy neck tattoo. Yeah, uh, that goes down to his arm. All the way goes down, all the way. You know, um, so yeah, great, Zach. I have a recommendation. What would you like to recommend? So, now that we are officially out of spooky, scary season, I don't want to make it a horror recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make it something a little bit light, a little bit more light. And um, I don't know if you remember this, but like way, I don't, I can't even tell you like Scholastic when, <laughs> Book Fair. <laughs> actually, I want to look it up so like I know like when it came out. Um, but there's, in my opinion, MTV made a very incredible television series, mm-hmm. t- TV show. And I think that it's honestly like their best show that they've ever made. And it's called The Buried Life. Now, I don't know if you remember what The Buried Life is. I remember seeing it. It sounds scary. But it's, it's not. not. <laughs> um, and it's basically four friends mm-hmm. who have a bucket list. And oh, you remember I do this? remember, you remember this. this. Holy right? shit, yeah. And uh, they they have a bucket list of like doing all this crazy stuff. Like I remember one of them, like one of the episodes was trying to play a game with Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And like, get it, like playing a basketball game with Barack Obama. Uh, one was like trying to get a kid, like being able to kiss Megan Fox. Um, and like all this, like, you know, random, like just nonsense stuff that these kids were doing. And it was like, you know, a hundred things before they die that they want to like get accomplished. And then in every, in every episode, they would end up like finding somebody along the way that has like some really, like, usually it's like a sad backstory. And then like, you know, I remember one where it was like this person that they found like hasn't spoken to their father and like, you know, whatever, however long it is. And they really, really want to like rekindle that, like the relationship with their dad, but they didn't, they had like no way of like trying to find him or whatever. They couldn't find him. So then they end up like helping that person out and, you know, finding that person's dad and like bringing him back. And it's like, they, they always like end up helping people like along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in my opinion, it's like MTV's best like show that they've ever done. That's weird. I remember that, and I I do remember actually watching like a few episodes yeah, of it. Yeah, and it's really because, good because I remember like for twenty minutes they would like do the bucket list, and then for the last ten they would help out the person and like kind of help them do their dream. Yeah, or do like something that is yeah, on yeah. their bucket list. It's really it's a really good TV show. Um, and I think that if you, if, if you're like maybe a little bit younger than Zach and I are, and like, you maybe like miss that because I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't have cable anymore. I just don't watch TV. So I don't know like what MTV is like now. It's I don't not that. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I remember when they used to play music. Videos. I remember that too. Yeah, but, like, uh, <laughs> boy, they don't have that no, anymore. But, um, 16 and pregnant really killed that. <laughs> um, but, so I don't know what's on MTV, but. I promise you that The Buried Life is a great show that almost everybody will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a really great show, and I think it's MTV's best show that they ever actually like released. Um, Zach, while these ladies are still screaming, <laughs> give us uh, give us uh, what we're doing next. All right, so you kind of brought it up beforehand. Oh. Um, an idea, which I think would be cool because, ah, yeah, so my idea that I came up with, with nobody's help at all. And I will be taking credit for it because <laughs> I am telling us what we're doing. <laughs> so the month of November is a month to be thankful for everything. Ah. Thankful for family. Thankful for friends. I was born in that month. So thankful for my birth. 
thankful for your birth. And what better way than to be thankful for the directors that we love so much than to talk about where they got their start. Their first movie. Their first films. So, with that, my pick is going to be Wes Anderson's first film called Bottle Rocket. Mm-hmm. Cool. It looks like... I, I haven't seen it. I don't know if you have. I haven't. It looks like really lighthearted, super fun. It's got fucking Owen Wilson yep, like early sound, on. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, all right. It, wow. Wow. <laughs> it, it just looks like it's going to be like a wholesome, fun movie because I think it's like a couple of kids that like just want to start robbing banks oh, okay and they just do not know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> so, so just to like give like a little bit more of like a clearance as to like what this series is gonna be uh we haven't I, I at least i haven't and i don't know zach if maybe if you've done it but we haven't like really come up with like an official name or title for like what we want to call it the but, start okay there you go the start <laughs> um and it's gonna be the intro yeah we want to like go back to directors that we love and we want to go back to their debut feature film and we want to like discuss the movie, but really, I, I want the discussion to be more about like you can see the evolution of the director. Yeah. Right. So like you like seeing. Okay, so we're going to talk about Wes Anderson. We're going to talk about that movie, and then like okay, like now how like how has he progressed throughout mm-hmm. his career? Um, and then obviously we're going to talk about that movie itself too. Um, so that's something that we want to try um, and and see like if we like it, if you guys like it. Um, so. Yeah, I'm excited to start it out and see like how how well it goes because I think it's a cool concept and I think it's, I think it's a fun idea. Yeah. So cool. All right. So that's what we're doing. Zach, Zach, Zach. Please, please, please <laughs> take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank. Okay, vampire hunters. Let's kill some fucking vampires. <laughs>